Here at Beyond, we acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded today, the Wadjar people of the Noongar Nation. We also pay our respects to their elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond with DM. <laughs> I'm giggling because I'm really fucking excited. I have, I don't even want to call her a guest. Bam Bam, <laughs> my favourite person in the world. A person that continues to make my heart explode. Explode. I want to welcome her to Beyond. Her name is the beautiful April and I often call her my daughter from another because that's what it feels like to me and April is connected to, is the daughter of my bestie and April has two other brothers that are also from another. April and I go way back beyond this 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 lifetime and also we spoke a lot when April was in mummy's tummy. So that's the connection just to put you in the picture that we have. I've I've been wanting to get her on here for ages and we had a, a really sad event happen recently, which we will go into the later part of the potty today. But I just wanted you to know this beautiful soul today. I want to share her with the world and I wanted you to know her and her story and I wanted you to hear her voice and her energy because she's epic. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably would have seen photos pop up every now and again and stuff. So my love. Love. I'm trying not to get too emotional, but it's okay to get emotional. We know that. But welcome, babe, and thank you so much for being here with us. No problems. So there's so much to unpack today and... I'm thinking, I don't know, like I I still find and I still talk about that story about the womb, about how when April, April's the the youngest of the fam and she's got two brothers and April was due to arrive in this planet in May, which she did, but no one knew what April was going to be named. Her mum and dad had kept that really quiet so all we knew is that baby was coming in May. I think we knew it was a girl. And I said there was a girl coming. I remember saying to Amanda, the third will be a girl. Anyway, so in April or maybe it was January, February or maybe six months prior, I kept hearing from April, which I didn't know her name was April, that she's coming in April. Well, I kept hearing the words April and it turns out she was born in May and she was telling me her name. And her mum was laughing because... She was giving away the name and that, you know, that that just really represents your personality, that you are you and you have a voice, you know what I mean? And it's you break barriers down, you do your own thing, you are your own person. It just really shone bright, like just telling the world who you are in that moment. Like it's just fucking epic, you know. But it also shows too, like in readings, how sometimes you only get bits of information but yeah. her mum, you know, after April arrived on this planet, um, her mum was laughing because she's like, oh, her name, she was dying to tell me that her name was April, but it was a secret until she was here. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to add anything to that, my beautiful? No, I just, I tell that story all the time. People are like, whenever I'm like talking about you or I've got a cool story, I'm always like, did you know like 
when I was in my mom's tummy, I kept saying, I kept saying, and then was it, I used to blow bubbles or something? Yes, yes. Yes, and I always tell people that, and some people just look at me and just be like, oh, my God, what is this witch doing? Like, some people yeah. just say, what is going on? But then there's others, and they're like, oh, my God, and they just understand. But, no, I I tell that story all the time, and I just fully believe, like, I can just imagine myself just being like, April, 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 like, yeah. just yeah. I'm going to be your bestie. Yeah. And the bubble thing, mum was saying that when you arrived, you were blowing bubbles a lot. You were doing a lot of bubble blowing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you must have been in the womb blowing bubbles as mm-hmm. well. So I want to just, you know, catch up with where you're at now and then we might even just go back a little bit but, and I might just ask a few little questions. But where are you at now in your world, my gorgeous? I know where you're at, but, you know, I want to share that with everyone. And where are you at currently in your world in 23? So, And I love the vibe around 23. I don't know how you feel about 23. I call it 23. I don't, I don't know why I'm calling it 23, not 2023, but to me it's just 23. So where are you at in 23 at the moment? What's been happening in your world, darling? Well, I just graduated high school last year, which was a really big milestone. And I knew the whole way through high school that I just needed to get out. I've always felt like trapped in school, just by the people around and just the system, just everything. And I've always, I've always told like in year 10, I had to have so many days off. I just, I just felt so trapped and I couldn't be myself. And I noticed as soon as I left school, a month after I left school, I just felt so much more myself. I started having so many more connections with other people outside of school, just felt generally just like more healthy, like physically, mentally, everything. Yeah. Um, So just working at a cafe, which I love, we get lots of regulars. So I just love chatting to people and everything. And I'm just going to work this year. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to be doing for work, but I'm hoping there's some sort of change. Mm. And I can feel, yeah, I've got a few like options of what I want to do. So something along like social work or aged care or something this year. Then going to Europe next year and when I get back, I'm hoping to go to uni to do a Bachelor of Behavioural Science so I can, yeah, do social work. But I think there's also going to be, I don't know, I have so many plans, but I think there's going to be things in between that interrupt that are going to, you know, that are going to take me different places. I'm like, yeah, something I want to do another little like course or something like holistic healing or something. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, that's where that's where I'm at at the moment. I know a lot of people listening and a lot of the, the youngins especially. I mean, I, I identify with you so strongly and there's a huge age difference here because it's not about mm-hmm. the age, but I remember feeling trapped at school and yeah. school just wasn't for me. So with the feeling of trapped, how did you feel trapped? Was it because being misunderstood or just wasn't the vibe or the education system or how did you, can you put a couple of words to it, how you felt? Yeah. I know a lot of people feel like that, yeah. I think it was it was a big mix of everything. A big one for me that made me feel trapped was the people around me and their insecurities, which at the time I could not gasp. I just thought that I wasn't cool enough for them or I wasn't, I wasn't enough for what they were yeah. and I'd have to fit in for so long. And like, like I look at, I think about myself younger and like, I don't know, I just, it makes me a bit sad because I'm like, she was just so vulnerable and like, I didn't even know at the time. And I was just trying so hard to be someone who I wasn't. And then I would have moments of where I was like, no, that's not me. I want to try and be myself. And I would try and be myself. And someone would make a little comment about it not being 
you know, like, so, oh, that's weird or what are you doing or whatever. And it set me back and I'd be like, oh, my God, that is weird. What am I doing, you know? Mm. And people will say stuff that like that to me now and it kind of sometimes I get a bit upset because it takes triggers me back to that moment. I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's from when I felt like I wasn't enough. Mm. But it was also a lot to do with the priorities at school and I think the priorities did not align with my morals the priorities to me, my priorities are like health and mental health and your well-being and, you know, things like that. And the school was so education aligned and uniform aligned and I understand that school, but there was no, there was no leeway. There was no room. There was just, I would, I was constantly trying to get, you know, mental health support and obviously going on a mental health leadership camp. I was just trying to introduce stuff and it was always just shut down shut down oh but this is coming up oh but we don't have enough money or this and that Mm. and yeah that that made it really hard because I just wanted I just wanted to make change and wanted to do these things but I I wasn't getting that yeah 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 and I'm glad you mentioned camp because I want to I want to talk a lot about that too because that's been a big game changer for you you know yeah Yeah. with before we dive into that I want to know what got you through babe what because what got you through that situation you made it through mm. like were there actions you took or was there people or like what what do you like there's probably a million things that got you mm. through what is it that got you through for anyone else that's kind of going through that what mm-hmm. what was the key components there that you think looking back got you through babe as hard as it like it's a lot easier to say but it was step like it was being my true authentic self yeah and having so much finding something you're passionate about and just like sticking to that and like the determination, like towards the end of school, I did not give up on that mental health stuff. I kept going, 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 going. Yeah. And it wasn't until the like last, oh, until I, at our graduation, actually, I heard yeah. the mention that we're getting a blue tree and I was like, oh my God, that's what I've been saying since year 10 for this mental health awareness. And I was like, oh my God. And it all felt so, I was like far out. Like I've, I've helped contribute to that. But biggest thing was friends and talking to my friends about how I'm feeling and like genuine friends like those friends that you know understand you and get you I think I've got two there's two people who I can just talk to about absolutely anything no boundaries and they just they just listen like they just understand and they just listen and I know for some people there isn't always someone that will listen to them so write it down or talk to your pets talk to your teddies like anything like I think it was really just talking about how I was feeling because for a long time I I had it bottled in me and I was like oh well everyone hates school this is normal like Mm. no one likes school you know and Mm. when I started unpacking why I didn't like it and what it was about it and different you know the different areas I was able to address them or be like okay I don't need to give that attention anymore I need to give this more attention yeah so just unpacking what it is that you don't like about the situation or and just talking about it and just yeah just it it gets easier mm. <laughs> I don't know just knowing that I love how you said about the teddy like I seriously love that because I used to do the same thing about talking to your teddy and talking to your animals like it's such a game changer because because you're voicing it at least you know and I look back and I was talking about this somewhere the other day about my teddies. I didn't realise they were so important to me 
but they mm-hmm. I think they're a representation of the light and that something else existed and that was really comforting to me and animals are like we know animals and how mm-hmm. next level they are and how they just have that they just love us no matter what mm-hmm. and they see it senses yeah. sense, sense us sense when we're sad and whatever and they're just there for us and yeah and I just want to ask you what what do you say what do you say to the kids, right, or even the adults? There might be adults out there, babe, that aren't, you know, because we all do feel like this at some point, but I know at school it can be really fucking scary because I had a very disjointed childhood and very much felt alone at school. So what do you say to the kids that don't have any, think they don't have any friends and they can't say that too? What do you say to the kids that think, oh, if I say something, they're going to be judging me? So the ones that do have someone to talk to but they don't want to share about it because they're ashamed of what they're feeling. Yeah, from the the people that if if you say something and you're judged or those people that you feel like are judging you, it's all coming from, it's all insecurities and it can be so hard to understand that because, yeah, like I said, you just think that you're not cool enough for them or you're not this, you're not that. But I think the biggest thing is to, it's not even like, I was going to, it's hard to say block them out because they're there, but like energetically, it's not, you have to understand that they're not where you are and they're not, you know, not everyone's going to experience the same things as you. Oh, that's a, it's hard to, for me to put. No, you make stuff. perfect sense, babe. You, you yeah. absolutely make perfect sense. You really do. You know, it's not about, yeah, you absolutely make perfect sense, you know, mm-hmm. and. I've had moments where, like, yeah, like I said, I've I've done something that is so, like, authentic to me and I felt, like, nervous about doing it or sharing it or posting it, saying it, whatever, and I've always had someone be like, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? Like, are you okay? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, it took me back to, like, school and I was like, oh, my God, like, if someone had said that to me in school, I would have been so upset, but I can just see now that it, it is all coming from a place of insecurities and they're always the people that, you know, bitching about someone or they're talking about someone and you can just tell there's something that that person has that they don't have and whether they know it or not, you know? Yeah. But I think if Yeah, you whether they know it or not, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because they'll stand in their mean meanness conviction. They will really stand mm-hmm. in that. And they're mm-hmm. the ones that are deep down that are really suffering around that, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't know mm-hmm. it yet, but that, if they continue with that behaviour and that thought process yeah. and that mindset, they're going to fuck up their lives, you know. Like yeah. That's really yeah. Deep, but it's true, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could say it to them and be like, you know, if someone says something mean to you, you just be like, well, no, you're just insecure. And they'd be like, what? No, I'm not. Yeah. And they, they would they would honestly have no idea that they have insecurities or they've just, you know, I literally have had friends, not friends, but people who at the time I thought were my friends would just mask it up and be like, yeah, well, I'm just a bitch. Like, that's just who I am, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like, no, that's doesn't, doesn't work that way. Like, yeah. 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 What do you think is one of the highlights from up till now like I know that's like a big question Donna but are there any highlights like it doesn't have to be around school it can just be around it. what what's been your some of the hard expander moments that you want to share with us hard expander moments got two that have come to my head yep first one was my the mental health camp mental health leadership camp that I went on with zero to hero which was a volunteer camp where you apply and you learn about how to bring mental health awareness back into your community and there was 40 or 35 15 to 18 year olds you have absolutely no idea what's going on you go in this camp 
and it was just life-changing. There was like storytelling, which I think was the most powerful for me. And there was so much vulnerability and seeing people who, you know, who you wouldn't stereotypically think to be vulnerable, which I hate, I hate saying that, but you know, it's just, it's how. Yeah, yeah you know, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Really open up and that everyone's going through something. And we had, we, I didn't know any of these people. So I had no behind judgment, hadn't seen their Instagrams, didn't know who they knew. So you didn't have, you were, they were an absolute oh, and you got no. to know them for who they were, not for their Instagram, not for their, you know, not for their mutuals, not for what school they go to. You had absolutely no. And I think it really, the biggest lesson I learned was that without even knowing you have that judge, you have a judgment of people mm-hmm. and it affects the relationship you're going to build with them because, you know, you're like, Oh, well, they go to this school. I'm not going to like them. Or, Oh, well look at their Instagram. That's what, you know what I'm like. And you might not even be knowing that you're thinking that, but it's, yeah, I, I think that was the biggest thing I learned and the vulnerability of it and how many people are struggling and also how many people there are that actually want to help and you don't even know. Like yeah. there was all these people that were had applied for this, taken time out of their school holidays, all the adults that had done it, the people who had created this. Like there is so many people that want to help and that are there for you and might not always show that because, I don't know, there might be something else going on, but there is so many people that you can talk to. That was, yeah, that was one of the biggest just life-changing and it was, it was hard coming back because we just had five days of being so vulnerable with these people. They felt like your literal family when you came yes. back with nothing and to then just split. And, you know, I still have connections with some of my camp friends in there. I'm always going to have those connections. I know it. I'm always going to have those connections with them. But, yeah, that was that was just the biggest. And it opened so many opportunities with volunteering for other mental health organisations which I'm still working with at the moment, which is really cool. How did that door open for you? How did Everyday Hero, how did that land, like how did that open, like how did you find that and how did you, what was the process in getting into that? How did you, how did that, yeah, what made you do that? I literally saw it on an Instagram ad and I was like, this looks really cool. Like I would love to do something like this. I applied. I The application process was quite simple. There was like, this was when camp wasn't that big. I didn't know anyone that had gone on it and they obviously don't tell you a lot about the camp because it makes it, you know, it makes it better. But I basically did my application and then I asked mum if I could go on it and she was like, yeah. And then I found out a few days found out a few days later that I got in, still basically had no idea about it. All I knew was that it was a youth leadership mental health camp and I just got on the bus with all these strangers and we went there. Oh, this was this was another thing I was going to say about the judgment of people. The the most standout thing from camp or like moment I remember was in the last night we had an acknowledgement circle, and one of the guys on camp who I'd talked to, but obviously there were so many people there, so you weren't best friends with all you know. You felt close to them, but I hadn't talked too much, and he gave his acknowledgement to me, and I was like, oh, I want like you know, I was like quite interested to say like hear what he was going to say. And he said, the first thing that I saw from you was when you got on the bus and he was like, it was just like looking at like a ray of sunshine. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, I, I literally just like burst in tears. I was like, oh, my God, like people that don't know you and don't, I would never have a friend from school to have that to me, mm. ever. 
Mm. Like, and I was like, oh my God, he had no idea who I was. And that's what he, that's what he saw. That was the first thing that he saw. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, back to the thing. I literally st- saw it on an Instagram ad, applied, and it just, it was obviously, it was meant to be. So was, baby girl. So was. Yeah. And yeah. What's, what's the second thing, babe, that's been your heart expander? Meeting a friend of mine. Yeah. I'm sure she won't mind mentioning, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I, we've always been connected through childhood, through my brother's through like our parents, like we've always, we've always lived in the same area, everything, which has been so strange because we haven't been friends for that time, but we've always been around each other. She used to come to the house to see Andre, like all these things. And there was, we had like a mutual friend and just so many things that just aligned to us becoming best friends. And then we hung out a lot in June, July. And then just since then it was just like, Sometimes, like, it's literally like I'm just looking at, like, a mirror, like a reflection. Like, we go, mm. I don't know, we think so many of the same things and she listens. I've never, ever, ever felt judged by her. I've never felt afraid to what I'm, like, what I'm thinking, what I'm saying. I tell her absolutely everything. I always get, she just listens, but then she gives advice and I don't know, it's just, it's a connection I've, like, I've never felt and there's there's an eight there's like a five six year age gap with us but Mm -hmm. it's I can't feel that like it's not and she Mm -hmm. doesn't show that either she doesn't show any superiority of being older or of having different experiences or whatever it's all it's just it's just so like authentic um Mm -hmm. wow wow my heart is just going and I know the beautiful Georgia and I adore her and I fell in love with her from day one and She's got this energy that you just want to hug a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. she is a beautiful space holder, as you've mentioned, you know. She's able mm-hmm. to hand you and hold space for you and not judge you and and give you that little bit of guidance that you that you may need in that moment. And mm-hmm. yeah. Ah! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> big heart expander. Hey. Yeah. I said very big heart expander moment. Yeah. I mean, we, we have moments where like I was with her, I can't even remember, I literally looked at her and I was like, oh, my God, I was like, this is just, like, the most pure friendship and, like, the way that it just happened, it was just so, it was just meant to be, if that makes sense. Like, at this time, in this moment, like, everything, it was just just so weird and we just, like, had so much, like, gratitude and appreciation for each other, which is, like, it's really nice. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) So... I'm going to change the direction a little bit and we're going to go into another beautiful soul Mm -hmm. called Harley. I called him Harley Bananas. I want you in a minute to tell me all his names. Okay. Harley is, do I, I don't know, do you want to introduce him or do you want me to introduce him? Do you like... Because I feel like I can. I'll say, Harley yeah. is 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 the family dog of April and her family, who has just left his body last week, and a fucking legend. Mm-hmm. And everyone that knew him got their heart expanded. Yeah, very popular young man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And I want to dive into last week not not right now but I just want you to talk about your memories of when you first met Harley 
and mm-hmm. whatever you want to share from 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 the beautiful you, April, and because I wanted to do a dedication to Harley today, and I was saying to apes, it didn't feel right not to have a family member on 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 the show, and and wanting having wanted to get you on here for a while, and I thought this is perfect, and it aligned, and you were free today, and and you, oh, anyway. Go for it, girl, go for it. Okay, so we got, oh, his names. I'll start. I might call him Biz. So we've got Biz, Viv, Vivian, Hasberger, Harley <laughs> Bananas, Nookie, Nishikori, <laughs> Nunu. We've got them all. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got them Oh, Daisy, Bikini. Yeah, it's quite a few names. So we got, I call him Biz. That was my favourite. When I was three and he, we got him from Father Christmas and he was in a little towel and mum put him down and I remember he ran up to me and I had a new dress on and he just climbed all over me. Instantly I just started crying because I was like, get off my dress, get off. I was like, mum, mum, mum. <laughs> and he was, he was bought for my brother Julian and they soulmates, convinced they were just soulmates, those two. But, yeah, he did become a family dog and I wanted to call him Bikini. I can't remember. And mum was like, he's already been named. We've already got a name for him and I really wanted him to be called Bikini. But he was a cheeky dog. There was always we could never leave food around. We could never never have any. He was stealing toothbrushes, stealing socks, everything, quite um, defensive over his toys, I remember. We had to have a bit of discipline. Yeah, he would growl if you went to get a toy and things like that. Yes. But he immediately was just family dog, like absolutely adored, slept in our beds, always inside, like part of the family straight away. And I remember him, I remember the first night he slept in my room. I remember the bed. I just remember the vision. And Harley used to do this thing where if you would go to move him in the night, he would growl. So, like, you would accidentally have your leg and you'd, like, nudge him and he'd growl and he'd be like, um, no, like, this is my bed. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> so, or he'd bang on your door to get in. But, yeah, we had so many memories with Harley. He came on family trips. And I think as we, us kids, like, grew older and started staying different places and everything, the time that we had with Harley, we cherished so much more. And my, I'll just mention this, this came to my head, my favourite, absolute favourite thing to do with Harley was feed him watermelon. Mm. So I'd eat the watermelon and then off the little rinds I'd give it to him and he'd just munch on it and he'd be getting juice everywhere. And mum's like, April. It was just so cute. All my friends loved him. All my, that was another thing to add. Every, yeah, everyone who met him loved him. All my friends were devastated when he passed away. But I, like, I can, I, like you said, I can still feel him around and like, yeah, I've had a few moments where I've been like, oh, I just, I can, I can mm. really feel Biz right now. But yeah, he was just, he was just like, it was like having another friend. It was like having another sibling. And even my oldest brother, Andre, said to mum, like, he was like, I just want to be with apes and jewels right now. Like, we've lost a sibling. Like, it, mm. it was honestly, and we don't remember what it's like to not have him there. So I think that was the biggest shock that mm-hmm. was just, you know, and it was it was a quite an un- it was really unexpected. We thought we still had a little while. We knew he was getting old, mm-hmm. but we thought we still had a while. But yeah, he was just the most precious dog. He just made so many connections with so many people. And it was really clear when 
even when he was here, but when he passed away, the amount of people that were affected by it. Mm. Yeah, it was just so clear to see how much he, like, impacted people's lives. Yeah. He just made people feel so special and, like, you'd rock up at at, at Apes' house and he'd just be so excited to see you. And I felt like a celebrity. I'm like, oh, my God, wish everyone else greeted me like this. You know, he'd do a little dance around and jump and this and like hysterical. It was beautiful. Yeah. So, so beautiful. Like literally like do a little dance around and and stuff. And his favourite foods was watermelon. What else did he love? He loved? Sardines. Sardines. Did he drink it? Did he eat sardines out of the tin or did he have a little bowl or did he? Marty, Marty put them. He only started having them when Marty would, um, when Marty started living with us, and yeah. Marty put them in the bowl. It's actually funny when he, when he passed away, we still had two cans, so Marty had them on toast the next morning. Yeah, <laughs> <He loved them. laughs> Marty had to finish them. He loved cheese, chicken. Papa used to make. I remember this. Papa used to make pancakes for all of us, and then he'd do with the rest. He'd do a little H. And so Harley would get a little H for Harley with the pancakes. Yeah. He loved everything, but there are a few favourites. Yeah. Love that. Because I remember the Christmas that you guys got him and it was secret squirrels business, you know, and I'm amazed that I could keep that a secret. But it was so, so exciting, you know, like so unexpected. It was such a big surprise for you guys, wasn't it? Because I know you guys wanted a dog, so. (gasps) Oh, did he love the water? I can't remember. Did he like did he no love the water? No, he didn't. Did he? No, yeah. He because he fell in the pool as a puppy, so he didn't like it. Towards when he got a little bit older, we could hold him and put him in the pool and just kind of yeah. get his paws wet and stuff. But and even when if he he like what if I took him to the beach, he'd run everywhere and stuff. But he'd kind of run towards the water, and the wave would come up, and he'd run back, and he'd get a bit scared. But as he got older, he got a lot better. Hated yeah. baths absolutely hated having a bath would yeah. cry and scream and squeal really hated baths that's why he's stunk all the time but i was gonna say another thing, key thing we've got about him any gate door that was left open he was gone mm-hmm. um he would always run out and you would chase after him and you would get close and he would stop turn around, look at you, basically put the finger up at you and keep running. No, 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 no. You catch me if you can. Yeah, and we at every single birthday party without doubt, there would always be the friend or the parent who doesn't know him enough to not shut the door and five minutes in someone would go, oh, my God, where's Harley? And then the whole neighbourhood was out looking for him. Everyone knew. He was always found. He was always... I remember I had to ch- Andre had to sprint through a baseball game to get him once, straight through the baseball game. I once like left a at like six, went for a walk to try to find him and had to have some strangers bring him home on the lead. Like mm. and he knew what he was doing. He thought it was so fun. It was just this little game of like, hmm, can I run out? And as he got older, he couldn't really be bothered, but he'd walk out the fence and he'd look at you and you'd just look at him and go, Don't do it. And he'd just kind of turn around and walk back in. He's like, Yeah, I can't be bothered right now. Yeah. He yeah, he loved it. I remember I was at getting my nails at Lisa's the other day and Lisa reminded me of the time, yeah, when you were living at that other house and when, when you first got him and Malloy. He, I think he was missing for two hours and I think he was found yeah. on global. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, everyone was out looking for him. Yeah. Yeah, no. He loved dress-ups. He loved the jewellery. You guys did all of that with him, you know. Awesome. Always had an uh, yeah. outfit to wear. Yeah, he loved, yeah, we'd always have, he was just like our little 
we'd always be sending photos of him to the group chat, everything. But he, oh, what was, it's like on the tip of my tongue, talking about how I've got this photo in my head that I can just, oh, he just, that's what I was going to say. He just, you could just always tell when he loved the company of people. Like yeah. it wouldn't matter if you were sitting there having a conversation, mum would have friends over for coffee. He would lie on the friend and just have his paw there and just sleep. But he just loved having other people around and just being there. I remember even in his last moments, like it might have been just after he passed, we were just sitting in there having a conversation. I just knew that that's what mm-hmm. he would love. Like just I'm, I think one of the happiest moments of his life was probably my mum and my now stepdad's wedding. It was we were a bit worried. We are like, oh, God, how's he going to go with all these people? But he loved it. There's a photo of him sitting in front of the sign, like, so happy, like, and he absolutely adored Marty. They just had this bond that happened within four or five years, but it was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was an incredible bond. It was like a bromance that they had going on. And just at the wedding, he just was sitting there during the speeches, just wandering around, trotting around, barking, like he knew his spot. And then he lied down and just watched as we did the speeches. And I remember when I, he, a lot of dogs are, but Harley, I knew was, he had this intuition. I knew it. I knew he could see my nan and pop all the time. Mm. I mentioned my nan and pop and I mentioned a um, friend of ours that passed and he was barking and he was, you know, and in the video there was all these light orbs around Harley and he was barking and I was like, oh, he just, mm. and we had a moment after my pop passed away on the anniversary, probably five years after or something, we are playing a game and we hadn't clicked it was pop's anniversary and like, what's going on right now? And Harley's barking, barking, barking and he's staring at something barking and we're like, oh, my God, what is going on? And he's barking, barking and he's just staring. And then we're like, what's like, what's he looking at? And we're like, oh my god, it clicked. It was Pop's thing, and we, like anniversary. And we all were like, oh my god. And then we kind of were like, it's okay, Pop's here, and just acknowledged it. And he went back to sleep. Like he, yeah, he could definitely see, and he knew the people around us and what we loved. And I remember you mentioning when my mum and dad split up. He really helped all of us kids, and like mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, it was a hard time for all of us kids. But he hated seeing us upset and. If you were sick, if you were crying, he was just in your room like he just knew mm-hmm. and you just cuddled him and, he, yeah, he just, he, again, can't say anything, but he did, like, you know, mm-hmm. he just he knew and I think he was a big, yeah, support factor in that in mm-hmm. getting us all through that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he also, he was a he was a ladies' boy, but he also had so many, <laughs> like, he also had so many bromances, like, yeah, he. all my friends loved him and he'd always come over and he'd always have a paw on them or always have his head on their lap, always something, and they always I mean, he's charming, yeah. yes. Very handsome, though, very charismatic yeah. and charming and funny and smart and... Yes, all of it. But he he also had the boys. He had, you know, Papa, Marty, Andre, Jules, with all of them. He just had this connect. Mike, like, every yeah. time, yeah. he oh, just yeah. had this mm. connection with them and it was, like, it, it was almost like... It would be the way I would describe their friendship is like they would talk to them about anything and they would cry in front of each other. Like that is how I would describe all of their, yeah, relationships. And these days it's all like it's hard. It's not hard to find, but a lot of guys aren't, you know, with their animals, they're just kind of, oh, you know, you know, it's not that connection. But they, yeah, Harley loved all the boys and the boys all loved Harley. 
Mm. Loved it. And, yeah, and you just tapped on it then. It's like so many people don't realise energetically and it's very hard to put into words and we can only share what we're sharing today with our experiences with them and how much they mean to us and we mean to them and it's just a mutual love and unconditional love and it's an energy and so many people miss out on that because they're not open to it and they're not they're not allowing that that they're not being open to that idea and therefore it's they're missing out and the animal's missing out too you know because they change when they're not getting that so yeah 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 and I don't know like I'm like I mean you're only three when you got him but like I don't think I know a lot of people that have got got animals like I had the same thing when I got DJ my cat so yeah. I grew up with dogs, so I knew the, de- the vibration of dogs, but I didn't know the vibration of cats. And I know that my mum got me DJ, some of you will know DJ, who's crossed over now, was given to me from my mum when I lost my, my a baby. I had the same thing of like, oh, okay, it's a cat. It's a yeah. cat. And yeah. so I didn't think I could connect energetically to a cat how I can connect to a dog, right? Because the dog was my go-to as a kid as well, you know. I'd cry in their arms and hugs and they were always there for me, looking at me and saying, I love you. You're amazing. And and I got that same connection that I had with, with DJ. And I remember mm. thinking, what am I going to do with this cat? And mm. what I'm going to do with this cat is love this cat forever and have a tattoo done. That's how much he impacted my life, you know. So it's, mm. you know. And that's another reason I wanted, you know, to really celebrate Harley and give mm. homage to him and, and really, really share that love with everyone because mm. it's something that so many people are missing out on yeah. and it's a heart yeah. expander. It's a major yeah. heart expander. And it's yeah. like when we get, when we have our hearts open and our hearts expanding, wow, everything yeah. else vibrationally, you know, comes in and we get to feel different things that we didn't imagine, which is beautiful. So, Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I think now there's, I've got, I think it, it is more common now to see people having those relationships with pets. And even, yeah, when Harley passed, I had friends who, it was all the friends who I know have those connections with their dogs that got it and were like, oh my God, like my heart's breaking for you because yeah, they, yeah. They, know, they know that yeah. what it's going to be like or what it has felt like to them before. But no, I we'd always talk like Jules and I would always be like what what are we going to do when Harley passes away like what are we actually meant to do and then it happened and you know it was like it was a week ago today we would have been at the vet a week ago today oh my god it is true holy yeah. shit Batman yeah fuck so, me yeah <laughs> because when I was I was trying to record this podcast last night and I you know because I'm so bad at times and dates and stuff and I can feel Harley's presence here today and I just knew it wasn't the right time to do the podcast with Harley and I just knew that I needed to get one of you in and mm. I completely forgot it's his first week anniversary out of his body. Mm. Wow. And so are you okay with just giving us a little bit of stuff around what happened, honey? Yes, of course. So my I just finished work and my stepdad had left probably 15 minutes prior Thank God when I continued the rest. And then I'd been, I got home and I heard him crying and he's, he was deaf in the last few years. Not fully, like he could still hear pictures and, you know, but he didn't usually, it took him when you got home, it took him a while to realize you were home. So I heard him crying and I was like, oh, okay. Anyways, walked in and he was on his bed and he looked so stressed and his back legs weren't working. 
and I couldn't really work out what it was and I thought like you know he had a cramp or whatever it was and so I kind of started walking over to him patting him out it's okay it's okay I tried to get him water and he was so stressed and I could just see and it just clicked I was like no this is this is serious this is not and we've never had any emergencies with Harley nothing like he's had some hip issues and some other things but nothing major like never any emergencies anything has been very healthy so I was like no this is really serious like and he I could just feel how stressed he was and you could see it so mum and Marty were at work and they were on call so I called over Georgia because I couldn't I knew I had to take him to the vet and I couldn't get him in the car I'd go to pick him up and he was really stressed so Georgia and I literally just had to put a blanket over and pick him up we got him in the car and took him to the vet and everyone met us at the vet and I think that's when it kind of clicked I was like I called Donna on the way because I don't I intuition I don't know I called Donna on the way and I was like I'm just letting you know like you know we're taking him and I had a bit of a moment in the car where I started tearing up and like Georgia got a bit upset and I was like, no, hang on. And that was obviously, I was in denial. I was like, no, like he's fine. Like he's never had anything. He's going to be okay. You know? Mm. Yeah. And then when I got to the vet and everyone met us there and Jules came off from work, I was like, oh God, like this could be serious. So they went and did his vitals and it wasn't his hips. And that's when we knew it was serious. When we knew it wasn't his hips, we were like, okay, and it, he basically had some arthritis in his spine that had gotten worse from a disc slipping out. And they gave us the option of 12-week cage refinement where he basically can't walk. You have to take him to the toilet 24-7 care. And then still then there wasn't any chance, there wasn't a guaranteed chance of him ever being okay, you know, being able to walk again or whatever. And we were like, no, he's 14, that's cruel. And I think when that was really the only option they gave us, it kind of hit us. And I I will never forget just the vision I saw when the vet was like, it's not his hips or she said something because me, mum and Jules all started crying and I think that's when I knew I was like, okay. And then Donna came to the vet and just reassured us that the decision that we were kind of thinking but didn't want to say out loud, mm. I think we all had this thought that it might have been Mm. serious enough for that but none of us wanted to say that out loud because it was in denial and we never you know Mm. like that um and then we went into the room basically to just hang out with him and he was sedated but he showed he showed us all the pain he was in because only I had seen him in like the pain he was in Mm. and we were all in the room and he showed the family he was like no like and I think that reassured everyone that you know, we made that right decision. He showed everyone how he was feeling. Um, and then again, we waited for my brother Andre to FaceTime because he was away with the work. And as soon as he knew Andre was on call, he knew Andre was on call. And as soon as we had Andre on the call, sedation gone, worn off. And he had a lot of that sedative as well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he was knocked out for a, a while. And as soon as Andre called, he got up and started showing that stress he was in because Last time when Andre went away for the week, Harley was fine. He had nothing wrong with him. He was perfect, absolutely nothing. So I think Andre, it came as a shock and Harley just really wanted to show that, you know, we'd made that decision and he was ready He was ready to go in the night, yeah, in the best way possible. Yeah, so that was basically how it all happened really quick. Yeah. And you and the family were there when he left his body? Yes. Would you mind just gently, like, 
that would have been the first time that you've had that experience. Yeah. Um, do you mind just putting a few words to that, honey? Yeah. I think first word is it's so heartbreaking because you have all these thoughts of am I doing the right thing? What if he was going to be okay? You know, what if he doesn't want this? You know, and they can't talk to you physically. Mm-hmm. No, they they can't mouth to you. They can talk to you, and you can you know what they're saying. And I think it's knowing to trust that that you know you have that connection with your dog. You know, we say he's funny, we say he's smart, we say he's this. We also know when he's not well, and mm-hmm. we know when those things aren't right. And you have to trust that. If yeah, yeah, you just know how you know your dog. Yeah, um, especially with being them for like being with them for fourteen years, it's literally like how you know a sibling. You know when they're crying. You know when they're upset. You know this, so you know that you've made that right decision. That they're not okay. And that they're not happy. Not that they're not happy, but they're ready to go. Yeah. So yeah, it's heartbreaking, but it's also yeah, it, it's it's a magical experience, I guess, mm-hmm. in the worst way possible. Knowing that you know they're going, they're going back to, they're going back. And they've served so much for you. They've given us so much and they've lived the best life possible. Mm. And you know that you were going to be okay without them because they're still here. And I, I knew that Harley was, he's always here. I know he's always, you know, in this room. And I think, yeah, it's a heartbreaking, magical. It's, it's also devastating. Like it's, it's devastating, but you also feel so connected to everyone in, in the room. Like, you know, the whole family was there and you know you know that Harley you could feel that Harley felt yeah. safe and Yeah. It it it's like a surreal experience as well. You don't it doesn't feel real. Like yeah. they put the needle in and I was they were like, Okay, stop breathing and I was like, No, he's like, you know, he did yeah. just like he was gonna get up. Like I was expecting him to get up and walk yeah. away. Yeah. Um and I kind of, you know, we were all obviously crying and I'd compose myself. And then I was like, you know, we were just talking, talking about dinner, mm-hmm. whatever, just having this conversation. And then I was like, okay, like, let's go. And as I went to get up, it just hit me again. And I was like, he's, he's not getting up. Like, and it was almost that, like, you know, that last look, I guess, or whatever. I was like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. not seeing that, like, he's not going to get up. Um, mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that was really hard to just, mm-hmm. to say goodbye and have that last, like, mm-hmm. moment. But I, fully know we made the right decision it would have been absolutely horrendous to keep him in a cage to then go I go through that pain again he was 14 like we would have gone through that mm. heartbreak all over again and he mm. with an added 12 weeks of stress for him and for everyone else mm. so mm. yeah but he's definitely definitely here with all of us Mm. You know, and I, I was just saying before, oh, sorry, I was just thinking before, like when you rang me, I rang your mum straight away and then I got off the phone and she was on her way with Marty to go to the vet and mm-hmm. to meet you guys and I sat down on the bed with Mike and I just got a premonition and they showed me everything, what was to, going to be playing out and mm-hmm. I knew then that I had to get my ass well, in the car and get over there but you know that you talk about the human stuff too because I may get the download but I'm mm-hmm. still human and and this is just for a lot of people that are I know that I know this this is the reason why we're going into great de- detail because I think it's very healing for a lot of people and it's going to help a lot of people that we are yet to meet yet with this journey mm-hmm. and but I still had my denial around it, you know, but I'm getting a very crystal premonition. And this is funny, but I didn't want to 
and we've talked about this, I know, I didn't want to rock up. I, I was just hopping in the car and I wasn't telling anyone I was coming. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that my role was to hold space for you guys and help um, Harley have a peaceful transition and help you guys, you know, with that transition and just hold space for everybody. Yeah. And um, I've been through a few crossovers with humans and animals and I didn't want to rock up without, like I thought, oh, maybe while I'm driving over they'll get a text and you've already been to the vet and the vet's given the diet. And so I wanted, in my logical world, I wanted to rock up when things were kind of, yeah. you know, yeah, because I, yeah. I knew you guys, I didn't want you guys to see me and go, here's the angel of death and that's <laughs> but you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I knew you were there to get through the process and stuff and I was hiding behind the corner at the yeah. station waiting for a text and thinking, you know, I'll just rock up once it's all been announced that he's about, you know, and I'll come in. And yeah. uh, that wasn't to be because Mike texts me and he goes, just get there now. And then literally as I got there, I think things were unravelling anyway. Oh. Yeah, it's I also I totally forgot to share this. On the so I came to Australia from work and my work started a ten minute drive. Yeah, the good thing is he wasn't in pain for long because Marty had only just left as I got home. Yeah. Yeah. So really good that that worked and and I was on the way to Georgia's. I was on the way and then I went, No, nah, I'm gonna go home and need a shower. And I went to go home and thank God I came home because who knows when someone would have come home. Yeah. But on I I sent Georgia a message and I sent a video and I like had finished work and I was like, I don't know why. I was like, I'm just so sad right now. I was like, wow. I have no reason to be yeah. sad. I was like, I'm just so sad. Yeah. And I sent a video and it was like a joke and it was like me listening to sad music. I was like, why am I sad? I was like, I'm yeah. like, your heart is, I'm just so sad. And yeah. then when I got home, it didn't click. And then Georgia and I said the other day, oh my God, mm. I, 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 and I didn't think about Harley at all. I didn't think it was anything to do with that. But, yeah, it was just really, yeah. I'm really glad you shared that because that leads me to this. Sometimes in a reading, like I get I get premonitions in my own personal life if I'm meant to know that someone's going to cross over. And I don't go up and tell them, but I, it's it's for a reason, you know, and I won't go into it today. It's for another potty. But, like, I will get told for yeah. if I'm meant to know for in my personal life. And I've been told quite a few times. Yeah. But I often get that question in a reading and I don't channel death because, A, it's a no-win question. You can be wrong and it's up to that soul and that human when it's time to go. Yeah, yeah. Someone the other day and spirit brought this through, what you've just said, if you're meant to know, you may, Bobby, if you're meant to know, please hold, Bobby, if you're meant to know, you'll get to know in a roundabout way and it may not be da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, but it's exactly what you got and the soul will let you know. And then you go later and and it's kind of like a unconscious preparation energetically going on you know so I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's so important to people listening it's like you you may or may not want to know but if you're you know don't come to a reader to be told because we don't channel death not that I know yeah. of anyone anyway but if you're meant to know energetically then you'll you'll know and yeah the soul will tell you perfect yeah um, yeah I think another thing that I found because like in that moment I didn't know that that's what I was being told yeah and like I know you know I'm trying so hard to learn to trust my intuition more and between that fear versus intuition and you know and like I've had someone ask me like what is intuition or like what is that like you know that sight of seeing Harley whatever it was and I was like the biggest way I described it was like when something happens and you're like 
oh my God, I knew that was going to happen. Or like, I don't know, you have crystals and someone's like, pick the pink one. And you'll go that one. Wait, no, that one. But that first one you picked was the pink one. And you're like, I I knew it was going to be that pink one. But like, there's, it's so hard sometimes when it's like, is it that one? No, it's that one. And then you're like, no, that's my intuition. No, that, you know, after being like, oh, it was that was correct and then I feel like each time you have more of those situations it becomes more clear of yeah. these moments of like, yeah. like that is my intuition that yeah. is you no know, or that's my fear you know it's yeah that's perfect babe that's fucking perfect and people I know people are going to be thinking in their minds so has <laughs> Harley come through to Donna Marie what do you want to say about that yes he definitely did come through so we had the first one about the watermelon. He loved eating watermelon. Donna mentioned that. The other one was she had, we were just talking about Harley and she messaged me saying, why is he laughing about ice blocks? And I'd never mentioned this to anyone, never talked to Donna about ice blocks, but Harley, when he was hot, we had this stage where our aircon wasn't working. Jules and I would sit there and put ice blocks on him and rub him with ice blocks. And when he wanted to lick it, he would turn around and grab the ice block out of our hands, lick the ice block, and then he was done. He would hit us and then we'd keep patting him with the ice block. And he had this thing, he absolutely loved ice blocks, just being pat with them. He would just lie there and we'd just pat him all day and he would be like wet, soaking wet with ice block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the jury as well, wasn't it? Because I didn't know about the jury and I didn't know about the ice blocks. And for anyone that doesn't know anything about mediumship, my job, even though they trust me, a lot of people trust me, it's still my job to bring through validation to confirm the presence of the person that's crossed over. And then that was the jury, wasn't it? I know I didn't know anything about the jury, yeah. Yeah, so Donna said who who used to give him jewellery and everything and I was thinking, I was like, oh, my God, and I went, oh, my God. I used to dress him up and I had this one photo where I put a crystal necklace on him. We basically did a photo shoot. There's about 800 million different photos of him in different angles, different light, different faces, sitting down, this, that, with this crystal necklace on. And I made him walk around with it all day because I thought it was so cute. Mm. And I used to, I used to put little charms and stuff. Yeah. We used to, we used to put socks on him and little, all these different things. But as soon as she said the jury one, I was like, oh my God, when I put that crystal necklace on him and I posted it everywhere, I was like, oh my God, it's like, it's so cute. And there's this photo where he looks so proud and he's just sitting there with the necklace and he just looks like he's just like loving it. He looks like a guru and he was a very wise old man at that stage. Yeah. He looks like a spiritual guru with the crystals. Yeah. Like, yo. <laughs> he does. We used to always say he was a wise old man. Yeah. So yes to the people that are wondering if animals cross over a thousand percent and they come in readings all the time and Mm. we can talk to them when they're alive as well. And you as the owner and as April's expressed today, you can still talk to them while they're alive and tune into them. And one of the ways I want to give to people is to talk when talking to the animals is that when they're alive, it's through our hearts, absolutely. That is the main thing. But it's also if you're verbally trying to tell them something, you can you can talk to them gently through the third eye. So visualize what you're saying. But energetically, mm-hmm. we're all energy. So who you are is the animals picking up on it. So holy yeah. bananas, we yeah. celebrate you. And I know he's here today. And I was scrolling through Instagram earlier, and one of my friends is on Insta, and her story just popped up. And there's a picture of Harley, I thought, but her dog is a spinning image of Harley, and it was just another confirmation that Harley Bernard is. And I forgot that it was his anniversary today. 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, what do you think is like one of the, I mean, he gave you a million gifts. What do you think one of the, the spiritual gifts he's given you? Like what do you think, what, what has he taught you about yourself maybe? What is he like, I mean, you've expressed it beautifully, but is there one thing yeah. that stands out yeah. in you? Yeah. I think to, I think family, like love with family. Yeah. Like I've, I've never, I've loved my family, you know, I've, I adore my family, but I think that real like family time and we're sitting watching a movie and Harley will literally be lying there, but he'll have his paw on Marty's leg and we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, look, look, look. Like it was this big thing and we're like, oh, my God, he loves Marty. Like, oh, like, you know, and Jules and I always had this thing where Papa would come over and Harley would get really excited to see Papa and we were like, oh, my God, that is so cute. Like he remembers Papa, he remembers that love, he loves his he loves everyone. He loves family. And he knew, he knew who his dogs know who you are. Dogs know who the family is, despite not seeing them for how long. Like, mm. you know, like Papa didn't see Harley a lot towards the end, but he knew that, you know, he just, uh, yeah, I really think that family time would be watching a movie and he'd be lying there. And he just, just that company of just being with family, that presence of just having some, having people there yeah. and like knowing that they love you and enjoying company, like in just enjoying the company. You don't have to be doing something with someone. You can be sitting there watching TV saying absolutely no words, but you, you're you there, if that makes sense. Mm. You could always feel that with Harley. He'd be lying in your room and he, he was there, you know, which I think is why I still feel him now because sometimes I wouldn't notice he was even in my room, but mm. he was there and I knew mm. he was there. Mm. Um, and that's why I think, yeah, I can, yeah, I'd still like, think he's here now it still feels a little bit not real I think mm. the worst is coming home though because he's not there but I think I'm just kind of waiting for him to walk into my room or you know yeah but yeah definitely family and just that presence of having people around yeah fun just have fun yeah always having fun and just playful yeah mm. thank you Harley <laughs> I think we're almost at the end, my gorgeous girl. Yes. Just in closing, is there anything you want? This is going to sound very big again, but is there anything you want people to know? Is there a message that you have for anybody? Is there anything that you, you from from your energy that you want people to know? Is there anything that's coming in that you're going, I want to give this to people and this is what's got me through life or people are struggling or people are, you know, whatever. Is there anything you want to, like, land out there to the world today, babe? Yeah, I was actually I had something else I was going to say before. I totally forgot to say it. I have been having these, like, moments of, like, vulnerability, I guess you could say, or moments of where I notice I'm upset or I notice something's triggered me, something someone said, something someone's done. And, you know, I I didn't really think deep of them. I was like, oh, I'm upset. You know, that upset me or... But I started to recently unpack why this is upsetting me or why this is, you know, that, why this is doing that. And it keep, it's always going back to something that's happened previously from childhood or from, I guess, my what's previous for me is childhood, but for mm-hmm. older people it could be teenage years or whatever it is. But, yeah, and I've been noticing what it is, the situation as a child that, it upset me or made me feel vulnerable as a child 
and mm. why it's triggering me now. So a recent one was I posted this video of me doing yoga and I had someone comment something that upset me and it was, yeah, someone who I know and they comment something that upset me and I didn't bring it up with them. I just deleted the comment and I was like, okay. And they brought it up again. They brought up the comment thinking it was funny and I just shut, I just shut the conversation down because it upset me. And I talked to mum and I was like, why did that upset me? And it went back to when I was a kid and I would do something, I don't know, I would do something that was like, I was the way I explained it to mum was I I would always wear these headbands and scarves and everything and I'd wear it at home and I'd wear it in the car and we'd get there and I'd take it off. And mum would always be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you taking that off? And I was like, no, I'm scared. Like, everyone's going to think it's weird. Someone's going to say something. Mm. And I, I wanted to wear that headband or I wanted to do that. I really wanted to, but I was so worried about what other people were thinking and now I think I've learned that that's come from that childhood thing and when I can acknowledge that that came from that, I just imagine myself as a little girl and just give her a hug and I'm like, it's okay, like you you can do that. You can be that person that you want to be and it just, it made like deleting that comment and just not acknowledging it. I was like, usually if that was a week before I would have deleted the post and be like, that's so embarrassing, why did I post that, mm. you know? Mm. But I think it really like got to me and I was like, oh my God, like just give little April a hug, acknowledge that feeling that she's, you know, that don't feel judged, that don't worry about that and mm. do and do you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, that, yeah, that came to me the other week and I had that conversation with mum and Love I think, that. yeah, talking about it really like even talking about it now when you voice things, you're like, whoa, like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love that so much, baby. What a message. And it's that little quote comes into my head. Not, it's not always about the situation, what's mm-hmm. going on beneath the surface, what's going on. It's not always about the situation. So there's always something going on mm-hmm. beyond, beyond podcast. Ta-da! Yes. Segway. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, everyone can probably hear his breathing. I think we're done, my gorgeous. Yes. I cannot thank you enough. I love you, this love life you. and eternity and fraternity and whatever else there is beyond. <laughs> and, oh, there's Han Solo. Did you hear that? Han Solo. Everyone's like crying. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for sharing you with the world and gratitude a tongue, a tongue, not a tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and... You are just everything and just keep being the beautiful you, gorgeous girl. Thank you. I enjoyed it so much. I love speaking, as we all know. Yes, you're a beautiful public speaker. Bobby's just (laughs) being very Bobby at the moment, aren't you, Bobby? All right, my darling, I'll let you go and I'm just finished the potty with... If anyone wants to follow on Instagram, Donna Marie Psychic, or if you've enjoyed this pod, please share it or give it a rating. I've got just a quickie still going. I've got the reading still going. I've got some training coming up soon, and my live shows are not too far away. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Big loves, Donna Marie.